0: I mean that is something I hope that not only the field recording stuff does but also my music is is try to remind people you know how important nature is and all the other species that are out there that you know are just trying to survive and we just seem to be hell bent on you know destroying their habitat it's just going to come and haunt
1: us obviously long term My name is Lloyd Richards and this is the second episode of Artbreaker the show about creativity, the climate crisis, and the art we make in response to it. In this episode, we speak with Tom Day, a prolific musician and producer who's been a generous contributor to the Climactic Collective. I sat down with Tom and learnt about his love for the natural world, how he's able to infuse that emotion into his music and the effect that can have on his listeners. Enjoy this episode of Artbreaker Season 2 with Tom Day.
0: My name's Tom Day. I'm a music producer from the Mornington Peninsula. So I grew up in a place called Main Ridge. I grew up on a chicken farm and then moved up to the city when I was 18 for university. Uh, Stayed up there for 10 years and then moved back down, yeah, a few years ago. I think the city was a great place to live and obviously that's where I needed to be for for science and, and whatnot. But I think I was also missing the open space and you know having that direct like the farm where I lived was kind of neighboring at at National Park so obviously lots of green space around and lots of you know untouched kind of nature to kind of immerse yourself in yeah I was missing that and I I think it's made me realize that wherever I go next I mean I'm not going to be living down on the peninsula forever but I think the next chapter of my life will be somewhere with lots of nature around Mm. you know or even if that means buying a space and, and regreening it or re, replanting it so that it can be returned to a more natural form. Because obviously, we've decimated a lot of natural landscape mm. over the years. It was in probably year 10 of high school that I discovered computer software that allowed you to write music just all within the program. I tried to start a band when I was like before that with my friends, but they weren't interested. So I thought, if I could do it myself and just write whole songs myself, maybe I could go down that path. So that's, yeah, when I discovered a program called Fruity Loops, which is now called FL Studio. And I used that to just write really basic songs. You could, you know, put bass lines in and percussion and, you know, really basic sounds, but you could, you could write a whole song. And um, that really blew my mind. I tr- went down the more traditional electronic pathway, which was writing dance music. But doing that, Allowed me to learn the process of production and how to actually put a track together. So yeah, that that evolved over time, I suppose. My parents used to put on it was I think it was Dancing with Wolves with <laughs> as a bit of a cheesy kind of drama with Kevin Costner, but John Barry was the composer of that soundtrack, and I still listen to that soundtrack today because I think I mean. John Barry, I think, has been a huge influence on why I actually went down and started writing kind of soundtracking music. Is because his chord progressions and the way that his orchestral scores were, you know, written were just just so evocative in, in the emotion that they brought. So, yeah, it was kind of the big blockbuster movies that I grew up with, and then the soundtracks of those movies is what probably was what I listened to and, and always loved. And then used to craft my my pathway into music, and it's it's all about that tingle that builds up your spine as like a song progresses and it slowly builds. Like that's I think what I'm chasing with a lot of my music is is trying to do that to the listener. But I obviously do it in the songs for myself because I love that feeling. I love connecting to music in a a level that sometimes is is hard to describe. But you know we don't we can't we probably can't explain it to some degree why we get tingles up our spines, but I feel like it's also an unspoken thing. Would you say
1: there's one specific emotion you're trying to write for?
0: I think, I mean, it's not an emotion, but as long as it's introspective, I often get different feedback from the same song. So some people might have a happier connotation to it, makes them feel nostalgic or they reflect on when they're younger, or some people find it more ominous. or It doesn't really matter to me, as long as they're thinking inward and and connecting on a personal level to that specific song that I've written, I think that's what
1: I strive for in every song. So why would you want to to put people in that state?
0: Because uh, I think it can, be, it can be meditative to the listener. It can help them reflect and maybe if they're going through a bit of a tough time or even a good time, it can kind of complement that thought process that they might be feeling. Um, it can... I mean, that's what soundtracks do in a movie. They're often scoring an image and a and a scene. And that's what I l- would love my music to serve as well, is like it slips into someone's life, into their ears while they're walking around and maybe offers them a bit of a, a soundtrack to their own existence.
1: That's amazing.
0: I suppose high school and uh, university, I was still writing kind of traditional dance music. But as I got older, I think I realized that club music and that stuff wasn't exactly what I loved doing. I felt like I was losing connection to music. I, I liked trying to evoke emotion, but I felt like I couldn't do that as well in like just classic dance music. So around 2009, which was kind of when I started my honours year at uni, I decided just to completely change my sound. And I really wanted to, to write a sound that I could call my own or like craft a, a genre or, you know, a subgenre of music that people could listen to and go, oh, that that sounds like a Tom Day song, you know. So this kind of began with obviously slowing down the tempo and focusing more on just melody, chord progression, tones, atmosphere. But also with that came the use of uh, field recordings. So I used to source field recordings off the internet, use them as textures. You know, I had some field recordings from places around Melbourne, so tram, noises, horse and carriage, you know, iconic Melbourne sounds used to start using them in my songs and that was, you know, the beginnings of the music that I write today. And then that's evolved over time, so then I started recording my own, which was, you know, a case of going and buying a, a small field recorder, which was just a, a Zoom H4n, carrying that around in my backpack everywhere with me, just any hike, you know, if I went to the Carlton Gardens, if I went to you know, the Warburton Ranges or I was back down at where I grew up. I would take that Zoom recorder and just start capturing an imprint of, of the sounds that I was surrounding myself in when I was going out to those places. I'd get back into, the, into my bedroom and, and write some more music and I would start incorporating those sounds.
1: Should we have a little listen to the Flemington song?
0: Sure, yep. So this would have been probably around 2015 or 16. I was living in Flemington ride on the train line and i used to ride my bike to to uni which was on in parkville so pretty short ride one day i was leaving my work from royal parade and i was riding past the melbourne zoo and i had to stop for a train at the train crossing there and i was on my bike and my bike i had a little mount for my zoom field recorder I thought, oh, there's a train coming. This would be a perfect um, opportunity to record something. So I pulled it out of my backpack and chucked it on my handlebars and press record and sat there on my bike and waited for the train to arrive. Unfortunately, the, the the train crossing used the old acoustic um, bell, as opposed to like the digital one you hear a lot around Melbourne these days. But okay. old bell sound. Oh, this is a cool texture. So recorded the train arriving, the gates closing, etc. Got home and. I was actually working on a bit of a sketch, like some chords and a few synth pads and stuff that I'd written. And I loaded this field recording that I'd just taken into the software and I realized that the the tone of the bell was actually aligning and resonating and I think in key with the um, chord progression of my song. I think, yeah, field recordings can be used obviously as a sound bed, but they can also obviously be perfect for instruments as well. And I think over time, as my sounds become more out there and people can have have discovered it, the feedback I get is that people love that use of atmospheric recordings because it helps them kind of, I suppose it helps with the escapism of when they listen to my music. It kind of removes them from where they are and puts them into a bit of a different realm and then the song comes in and paints a picture alongside the field recording. And so that... I've really homed in on now. Um, since moving home, I've invested in the next, I suppose, the next stage of setup for field recording, which is um, some some decent microphones, some decent preamps, a setup that I can just, you know, put out, record for a couple of hours and have the most accurate kind of recording of that space. And then when someone's listening to it, it's just offering even more detail of what that song might be about and the the, the song that comes along with it.
1: So you might start with a recording and, Absolutely. and then base a the song off that?
0: That's, it used to be the other way around. I used to write and then bring in the field recordings and do that post writing a song. But these days, I kind of start with somewhere like with the recording of somewhere I've been. It helps remind me of how I was feeling when I was out in that space. And then I start writing to that. Do you think
1: going out there and like being in that like environment and feeling what you were feeling and remembering that do you think that is it's obviously going to have a lot different effect on the song than if you just, you know, downloaded something from the internet,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely. So when I used to use other people's field recordings, I definitely felt um, it's kind of like it's not a direct reflection of what I was feeling at that time because I'm using someone else's I suppose like the the basis to writing that song was captured by someone else. Whereas now that I'm using my own, I feel like it's a more authentic um, totally. representation of, of the song because it's not only a recording that I've taken, but it's a song that's been written about how I was feeling when I was in that that, yeah. that space. Because I often write songs not long after right, like capturing those sounds. So if I've just gotten back from a camping trip in Haukwa, then... The song that I'm going to write it was all about the inspiration that I was feeling when I was camping in Haukwa.
1: I think that song does a really good job of because I've been up there a bunch of times and it's a really special, like really yeah. bro- like really like friendly, like uplifting place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: it's a paradise. Yeah, like you, you go over a, a whole bunch of dirt road and stuff, and then suddenly this valley opens up and you just like you've discovered, yeah, a total paradise. Yeah, when I wrote it, I it, I was envisaging the drive and like the song builds and then that midsection is like the arrival and then just the connection you have to it. I remember just feeling like like the, the mountains were speaking to me like I was just sitting there just like just absorbing it all and I got back I'm like I need to write like I'm so glad I took those for recordings because I was deciding like I almost forgot to bring my mics but then I obviously chucked them in the car and got up one morning before everyone else had got up and set them up on the river and Yeah, had that imprint, you know, that record of it. It was yeah, that that that's probably my favorite style of production process. Is just like fresh off the, like returning from a trip, and just getting into the studio and just like it's almost like regurgitating this idea.
1: So you feel like you've got a good command of that now. Did it take a while to get to that point where you could reflect that um, emotion?
0: I do feel like I've been lucky. Be- I mean, in terms of my background, not having any musical training, I've obviously just always relied on just that connection of writing, like being able to translate those ideas from my mind and my what's whizzing around in my mind onto, onto paper. So I think I've always relied on that. And I think that process does fortunately come pretty naturally to me. The downside of that is I, because I don't know what, Exactly drives that. Sometimes I go through absolute droughts of of writing. You know, even with having field recordings and everything out there, sometimes it's just there's just absolutely nothing there to 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 get down. So I go through some frustrating moments where I just feel like I'm really um, I'm like, God, oh, give it up, give up music, it's all over, <laughs> can't mm. write anymore. And then out of nowhere, you know, a track comes and I'm just like, oh, like I don't even know. Sometimes I listen to my music and I go, I don't even know where that came from. Mm. You know, it's like, it's, it is like this kind of, yeah, this other self that takes over me. And, and when I do write, I often write really quickly. So like, if I'm, if I have a song, that song's probably been written within a day. Okay. There's never a long drawn out process. There might be like a few ideas that I've started on other pro- tr- projects that I've brought into it, into a final track. But for the most part, I'll go from zero to a hundred
1: in creativity and then back to zero. Are you always thinking about music, always open to sitting down and writing? or
0: Yeah, I am. I I do also like just stepping back and listening to just like doing other work while listening to music, like even if it's like obviously not work, but hiking to music is obviously a really like a kind of spiritual process for me. But also just like if, because I live on an old farm, just doing farm work, like just mowing lawns and doing garden work while listening to super ambient drone music or just, you know, just something really... I don't like super intrusive music with lots of, like, lots of um, beats and, you know, lots of... Some of the big electronic music today, it just just melts my brain, so I actually can't listen to it anymore. I find myself listening to really stripped-back, kind of super tonal, kind of drawn-out music because I think it just, like, isn't... doesn't come in... It's not too intrusive into your mind. It just kind of slips in and just, like, yeah... Compliments what you're doing at the time. And I think that's a big driver of what I write now is I try not to go too overboard with, you know, really loud, big stuff. Like I want it just to kind of be there to compliment the listener, really.
1: Complete this equation. X plus Y equals Tom Day, the artist. Oh,
0: okay. I'd say... Ooh, field rec- uh, field recording no uh, probably bird song I mean every track I seem to have some kind of bird song in my song so I'll say field recording plus plus uh, oh, I don't know I'm trying to I, I think of one instrument I suppose I suppose glockenspiel yeah the, that is a recurring theme for me I, I reckon just let's just say field recording plus orchestral inspired instruments that's a curveball question (laughs) so something i've done or got into recently is kind of taking a step away from just music and actually just focusing purely on the field recording aspect i think it's a really good way to showcase an area because a lot of people can see video and they can see images and stills but A good quality field recording can really offer something else for a region or an area because it actually gets people to hear, you know, what, what, what that area sounds like. And so something that has come out recently is collaborating with Bank Australia in visiting their conservation reserve, which is out in the Wimmera region. So they wanted me to go out there and just do some videos, some images, and obviously some field recording. Um, so that they could offer their customers a way to interact with the Conservation Reserve, which is owned by its members. So all the bank people who are using the bank also are a part owner of the Conservation Reserve. And so I spent four or five days out there just camping on site, just waking up every morning, doing some field recording, doing some astro time lapses. So I do a bit of astrophotography as as a side hobby. And so we captured some really cool content out at that region, And since then, the bank's actually released a a, a four-track EP on Spotify, which is actually just the field recordings of the area. And the feedback from that's been really positive. A lot of people, especially during COVID lockdown, used that EP as a way to kind of remove themselves from, you know, lockdown house and and take themselves out to the Wimmera without, um, you know, driving out there themselves. Obviously, they couldn't. And so, yeah, that's been something I've been really keen on investigating and, and putting more time into. Is um, offering a service where I could just do raw field recording, and and bring the listener to places that they might otherwise not, you know, adventure out to themselves, or inspires them to actually go and visit those areas themselves, because now they know what kind of nature and flora and fauna they're going to experience out there, mm. what sounds they'll hear. It's a pretty special project, especially from a bank. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Well, yeah, I mean they're kicking goals in every climate space, and you know conserving nature obviously i mean we've just decimated so much of it around our country and uh i mean that is something i hope that not only the field recording stuff does but also my music is is try to remind people you know how important nature is and all the other species that are out there that you know are just trying to survive and we just seem to be hell-bent on you know destroying their habitat it's just going to come and haunt us obviously long term obviously what we're seeing in the climate change space and the loss of um, species around the globe so if we can kind of reconnect ourselves and, and re reconnect with um, nature instead of looking at it as a resource but more as a uh, you know as, as something that we're a part of you know we might start to mitigate some of these
1: problems that we're in yeah I think your music's really good for a time of, of balance yeah, yeah hopefully
0: yeah for specific I, moments I think that is um, the ultimate aim, and, yeah, I'm really, really glad that that's, it's heading in that direction, mm, getting that's... that kind of feedback. Something that did come out of lockdown, because, obviously, everyone's stuck at home, couldn't travel more than 5 k's. Um, I connected with a modern classical pianist. He lives over towards the Dandenong region. And he's, um, he's released a few albums himself. His name's Jake Lowe. We connected just through Instagram, just ran a message and said, you know, let's, um, here's my work. I love your work. Let's, um, if you want to work on something together, let's Let's try and make it happen. And I listened to his stuff and I, you know, love loved that modern classical sound where, you know, you've got felted upright pianos and you've got really well-recorded pianos with all the clunks and all the mechanics of the piano and that's what his his music is like and I, I knew pretty much straight away that there was someone I wanted to collaborate with so this kind of all happened just pre-lockdown and then lockdown was announced and all our plans to meet up and record were pretty much squashed so we ended up just writing some songs together just purely online I would send him some ideas he would write over the top send the stems back and then I would mix them in and... That evolved into, I think, around five songs so far. Southerly was our second. Now, Southerly was kind of starting with some stems that he had on his hard drive. And I was playing around with them and realized that these kind of wind sounds that i had captured actually laid in really perfectly with the uh, the cellos and violins that he had recorded. And I did a few kind of you know, put up your effects plugins on those on those strings to kind of make them really kind of breathe almost like wind themselves. And I kind of again, by accident, like with Flemington, I kind of realized that it sounded like the strings were getting blown in by the wind. And so as this track starts, you can actually kind of hear these wind sound effects that slowly evolve into the the main chords or or the main string sections of the song. And so, yeah, this is southerly and it's heavily inspired by. You know, the southerly changes that we get here in Victoria. I went to a space of just imagining a super cold night where you've got, you know, wind warnings and, you know, watch out on the roads. There might be trees coming down. Those really strong cold gusts that kind of blow up from the Antarctic region. Obviously, that's where the names come from. It's, yeah, my homage to the cool changes and the, the kind of the rugged weather that we get down from the south.
1: This is southerly by Tom Day and Jake Lowe. Tom's music can be found online on the streaming platforms and his website is tomday.me. Thanks for listening.